inside the text of where I told you to start, to explain this whole concept, namely the concept that we somehow would need or have an advantage in having Kohanim, priests, give us a bracha, a blessing, so that things should happen rapidly. Why would we need something like that? What, what is that for? So he explains the following. It is known, the question, it was a famous question. What is that, that every day we ask and we pray, Hashem. Heal us, Hashem, and give us good health. Bless us, which is the, uh, the, the, the prayer, the bracha, in which we ask for a livelihood, sustenance. Why do we do that every day? The main judgment of a person who was on the high holidays, namely Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So if it's been decided already on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, then why do I still have to pray for that? That's an obvious question. Like that question actually is in the Gemara, in the Tosafot, which is the commentary on the Talmud, that question is very asked over there. Why do we have to pray for something every day? So what? And if we do, so what is Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur about? Meaning it's either or, or everything is decided on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and then the rest of the year, Kesera Sera, whatever was decided, or no. All the options are still on the table. Okay, so no point putting all your efforts in your Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur because anyways, it's still an open game for anyone throughout the whole year. Okay, so no biggie. So why is that the high holidays, right? We all say the high holidays. What's so high about that? Right, the Yamim Noraim. So the explanation of Pichsidus is the following. But the idea is the following. What was written and sealed in the celestial books on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur that is the fact that his soul was allotted was drawn upon the soul chesed divine kindness according to who he is and what kind of life he's leading in general and and his purpose in life and for whatever criteria Hashem has, which we are not so much uh, uh, privy of the, 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 the Hashem's criteria. Okay, Rosh Hashanah, but that's a different class. What is Hashem's criteria on, on a person? Is the one to put it very, very bluntly, no, very clearly, not bluntly, very clearly is Maimonides, Rambam writes in the laws concerning Tshuva, that a person that a person can do a good deed, a mitzvah, that is going to be worth a lot, and a person can do a bad deed that it can be worth a lot. So it's not, it's quality over quantity. And then he says, and we do not know how things are calculated by God. So truth be told, we actually do not know where we stand. Because if it would be quantity, then that would be easy. We would just keep tabs and we would just be Accountants, right? Saying, okay, one, two, three, four, that, okay, I have more. But he says, that's not how he counts. Okay, so how does he count? Well, he doesn't tell you. 
I can just tell you that it's quality and not quantity. Okay, so that like gives up. But anyways, so Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, a person is decided to be, based on Hashem's criteria, to be deserving. And he's allotted, he's given, divine kindness. What do you mean he's given? It's allotted to his soul. To his... It's, it's his, like, circuit. This is for him. This is for so-and-so. It's very particular. With a very specific name. So-and-so was just now given that amount of divine kindness. Okay. That happens on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. But that kindness is something that is drawn from the infinite. But on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, it is still in the higher spheres. And more specifically, in the attribute of royalty of the first of the four worlds. So those are deeper uh, concepts. If you're not familiar with them, so I'm, I'm really sorry because this class does not allow, given the topic, to have a whole um, development on it. So just keep in mind that there are four dimensions, which is like, imagine that we know today our universe, just keep that in mind as a, as a reference. So we know our universe, Actually, today, science acknowledges the more than possibility of a at least other dimension that is beyond. Why does science acknowledge? Why would science acknowledge something that is beyond the observable fact? Isn't science only about facts? And the answer is yes. But everything started with a singularity expanding, also known as the Big Bang. Right? So. But that singularity expanding gave space and time. So it happened in a dimension that was before space and time. Follow the reason? So it, like, by contrast, acknowledges that there is a before space and time, but that's where it stops short. I mean, you say, but more than that, I can't say. Because what the heck that means, no idea. Because we do not, we're not able. To, to say what does it mean beyond space and time. But anyways, you, you see now, so we have a universe. So you have one dimension, right? Actually, truth be told, science now says, well, we already established the theoretical existence of another dimension, but that we can't just tap in because it's just beyond our horizon in every aspect of our existence. It's completely beyond our horizon. But it must exist because... In a not somewhere, in a not some time, it happened. So once you have that in your mind, I imagine not, not, so you not just to have two dimensions. Now imagine four dimensions, our universe not being part of the, the, the four. Same way you, not, you know your dimension, our universe, and you, we understand the acknowledgement of a dimension beyond the dimension that we know, at least theoretically, that there is such a concept. Well, imagine not one, but four beyond our dimension. That there is another one beyond that one, and another one beyond, and another one beyond that one. Okay. Listen, when it comes to imagining things that I don't have a clue about to begin with, so honestly, between us, imagining one, four, or ten, same, same, right? 
Like, how many, like, imagining non-conceptual things, how many can you imagine? Well, as many as you want, because I can't conceptualize them. Anyway, so. That's the way I summarize it in a very simple way. There is explanations about what is the difference between those four dimensions spiritually. But again, it's not the topic of this class. But what we have to understand is that those four dimensions, which are the four spiritual worlds, Atzilut, Bria, Yetzirah, Asiya, and our universe, which is the physical world, are linked. They're not parallel universes. They are layers of one and the same existence. They are layers. We live that existence on, on the last dimension of it. That's where we live. But it's this five layers, four spiritual worlds and one physical universe. And everything starts at the top floor. So when it says that on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, you being, a person is being allotted, given, chesed, what it means is that in the attribute of royalty, which is the last attribute of the first world, that is where the, the post boxes or the safety deposit boxes exist. That is where indiv- that's where every individual takes his source. And that's where his root starts. So that's why he has a P.O. box, if you follow the idea. That's where he starts. So it's not a P.O. box. That's where he starts. So that's where the chesed is given. Shehu makar debi'ah. Now that attribute is what is going to be the source of bri'ah, yetzirah, asiyah, that's an, an, an abbreviated form, of the three following the dimensions. And that is what it says in the blessing of the Birka Samaza, in the, the, the grace that we say after eating. It says, betuvoy. He feeds us with his kindness. Meaning, with Hashem's grace and kindness, not thanks to his kindness, with his kindness. The divine uh, chesed. Which in essence is way higher than anything that is physical. And now he's going to give an example what do we mean that the divine kindness is way higher than physical uh, bounties. Kenoida, for indeed that is known me'inyan from another concept. It says ve'anochi afar ve'efer. And I am just dust and ash. That is a quote she'omar Avroham that Avram said al chesed ve'ahava rabba shaloi referring to his human kindness and his human love for Hashem, he said, that he can be compared to Atzilus, just like an ash can be, just like ash can be compared to its original state, to its original object. So I gave already examples for a couple of you. If you would have a beautiful tree that would burn, and only ash of the tree would remain. Although chemically you could still establish that it's ash of a tree, you could like still take it to a lab and 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 read the chemical signature of of that ash, and that is ash of a tree. Yeah, but besides it having the chemical signature of ash of a tree, 
the ash and the three have nothing in common. And you say, how can you say that? It's ash of a three, so they have in common. One comes from the other. Yeah, okay, okay, fine, I take that back. It's not that they have nothing in common. Obviously, they have something in common because they come one from the other. Meaning, their ash is futile and, and, and completely void of any value in regard to what the three was. That's what I meant. Sure, they are linked. Yeah, they are linked. Chemically, they are linked. They are of the same components and they come from each other. But... Ash has lost everything that the three had going for it. Be it wood, be it leaves, be it fruits, you name it. A tree had stuff going for it. What does ash have to go for? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm bringing, what are you bringing to the table? Dirt? You have nothing, you're zero. Isn't ash though, I was just talking about it with a friend yesterday. She was saying about the part in uh, Shimona Esrei at the end where it says that like, we should be like dust for, like, like yeah. ash or dust for others. No, there it says dust. Dust. So she was saying, got it. So maybe it's not applicable to ash, but she was saying, like, besides the level of like humility, she was saying, can you think of it also as like the soil is where everything comes from, and like, can you be a like, can you be a yeah, person but, like but then nurturing for others? It does bring us to another uh, um, uh, image and another correspondence. <laughs> right. So there, there indeed. The idea yeah. of dust does go bring to first bittle, which is nullification, right. but also, as you said, earth, which is the place of rebirth and regrowth. Here, he takes it in the other direction. When Avram Avinu says, Anochi offer ve'efer, so you understand that the offer is like the efer. So the, the, the key word here being ash. <coughs> although, what Avram Avinu says, although I am considered to be the embodiment of kindness as God desires it? Well, I am to divine kindness what ash is to its original object. A loser. <laughs> Get like, like, what is ash to its original object? Like, some kind of a nothing remnant? Like, like doesn't count anymore. Oh, I still exist. Yeah, you do, but honestly... You don't have a lot going for you. That's I me. Mean. The tree has stuff going for it. What do you have going for you? Like literally, uh, it's not even coal. Right? It's not even embers. It's ash. So what, what are we going to? What are we going to do with that? So that's what Avraham Avinu. Now, now, bear in mind, Avraham Avinu is saying that regarding a spiritual quality of his. He's talking about kindness. Or love of God. So he's talking about the spiritual side of his existence. His, his character trait of kindness and love of God. And he says, well, those as they are by me, a human being, are so petty and so nothing in regard to what they were when they were at their origin, their source. So that's spiritual versus spiritual. So it's spiritual within a human being versus the spiritual as it is in its source. So now let's take it a step further. So what is physicality itself versus spirituality? If a spiritual quality that is within a human being 
is a nothingness in regard to, this, uh, to the initial spiritual quality. So what is the actual physical entity in regard to the spiritual initial value? It's not even on the map. You see, in Ash, we already said you're nothing. Well, technically you're something, but you're something that is worth nothing. But you are something. Well, you're, some, you're here. And again, under a microscope, I could still see that you're from a tree, like we said. I could still see where you come from. What physicality? Ah, physicality is like, a, that's a lost case. He's so, so far that it has nothing in common. Now, why is that important? Because, why are we talking about this? We're talking about this because Hashem's kindness, again, don't take kindness. This is, this is the tricky part. We won't, from the moment we, human beings, say kindness, we think about the emotion. The human emotion, kindness, oh, you're so kind, thank you very much, blah, blah, blah. Now, don't imagine kindness as an emotion. Imagine kindness as an energy. An energy that bestows. An energy that gives. Imagine it as an energy that spreads. Spiritual kindness, divine kindness, is intense spirituality. Now when I say, Hashem, please be so kind and give me food, that spiritual intensity is going to have to travel and become physical object. It's going to go from the one extreme of all the universes, dimensions, the five of them, the four spiritual and the physical, it's going to have to go through the four spiritual dimensions to become a physical object. It's going to be translated. I can't, I don't have a good example. I'm trying to find a good example. I can't, I don't have a good example. But imagine someone who would want to have a pizza, an ice cream, fries and coke, whatever. Just simple junk food off a vendor of course, right? Uh, and the person would say, oh, that, that, that's not a problem. And the person, let's say, has the, their parents have this like unique, one-of-a-kind artifact in the living room. It's made of whatever, it's a vase with gems, etc. That's a problem. And the person would take, like a, cut off a part of it and go and pawn it. Because there's, there's a ruby over there, right? That must be worth something. So you're going to take a part, piece of the artifact and go and pawn it in a pawn shop and get a couple of hundred dollars says, yay, I can have ice cream and... Uh, like, like, well, that hurts just hearing. Like, like, you destroyed a unique historical artifact for ice cream? I wanted ice cream. Yeah, that's not the point, right? Like, how, what? Right? You wouldn't know where to wrap, wrap your head around this. Like, I don't. Go steal. Seriously, that would actually be a better thing to do. 
Like, actually, that would make more sense. Rob a person in the street would be less bad. Like, you destroyed a unique thing that was like, it's like priceless. Just because you wanted one piece of it, that you went and pawned, the guy ripped you off. You know that, right? Because even the ruby was worth a couple of grand, and he gave you five hundred bucks. This is pawn shop. Okay, that's his business. Uh, so can't really say he ripped you off. You're stupid. Uh, I mean, okay, that's his business. Uh, so, and you, you're like, okay. So where do you start, right? Like when you hit, like, so what do you do? You hit the kid. You want, and I'm like. Where do you start educating? So now, where is my example going? My example is going is that this example is maybe not a best example, but it gives you a little bit of like monstrosity of like, what? You took something so precious for what? For something so stupid as food and temporary joy and whatever. Like, that's like you have no value your life like you're like so self-indulgent and entitled that it's here and now and everything you don't even realize where things are coming from and what they're actually worth etc so where is my example going spirituality is way 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 more than any artifact that you can imagine my example is not a good example but it just gave you the understanding that sometimes we um, we appreciate that Things are not worth being sold for something that is petty. So what? But who cares about that artifact in the living room anyways? It's not about who cares. It's about what it's worth. You know, no one cares about it. That's not the point. It's worth. It's priceless, actually. It's priceless. It's a one of a kind. It used to be. Uh, now you broke it. But, and you broke it for what? For food, for junk food. Like, actually, for any food would be the same, especially with junk food. So, every time we ask Hashem money, every time we ask Hashem something, we, in a way, are asking for that process to take place. Now, you could say, hey, I didn't ask to be material, I didn't ask to be physical. True, we did not. So you could say, well, Hashem is, is dealing with it. He is. Don't worry. He is dealing with it. But the fact that he's dealing with it doesn't make it less of a absurdity, so to speak. Yeah, okay, Hashem created us that way. And those are our needs. And our needs are physical. And we need physical stuff to get around. That's who we are. Okay? If you wanted us to live on spirituality, you should have stopped with creating the angels and go no further. Stop the chain of creation over there, and we would have been angels, and we would have had fun as angels. And then we said spirituality will stay spirituality. You created us as physical beings. Okay, so I have physical needs. And I ask you to attend to them. Hashem says, I will. But again, it's not because he does that it changes the fact of what it implies. Get it? It implies transforming an intense spiritual energy into something so nothingness as physical existence. I think she was first, and now I'll go for you. What, what's that spiritual energy you're talking about? Divine. So when we're asking Hashem for these physical things, we're taking what and making it nothing? For them, we're taking divine energy. It will take, and we are not taking. It will take divine energy to create those things that we are asking for. 
But that is the process that Hashem put in place. Everything that exists originates in the divine energy. So we are part of the process, okay? So are we but creating? still, it's, it, but now it's happening. But every time it's happening, it's, it's like cringeworthy. I don't get why it's cringeworthy. Because every time we ask for something physical, it's cringeworthy? Every time this process of translating, of transforming, Something spiritual, spiritual into energy into physical is breaking an artifact. Why? To, to, because the, the distance of value is like breaking a unique artifact that is priceless to pawn it at a ridiculous price. So like to bring something so spiritual into physicality is You're like... You're losing like the value that you love, right? Even if that physical thing you then use for spirituality? No, no, that, that's, that's where... That's where the loop comes around. But here we're not, we're not talking about that. Yeah, Bata, you were first. Um, if the person is dying and needs some food, right, then it would be totally acceptable for him to pawn that piece of wood. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's us. It, 100%. That, that's, why, that's why I said that the example is not a good example. And I said also, we didn't create the system. Right. Like, like, like don't, don't, don't shoot, okay? Like, like, there's no other choice. There's no other choice. That's the system. That's how the whole. That's how physicality was created. So again, that's why I said I am a physical being. So I have physical needs. So they have to be okay. tended to physically. There's no like, choice what the process is. Well. Yeah, but the process is still the process. You see, it's still going to be cringeworthy. Even the person was dying, and we had to break the artifact. And pawn it for a, like really, really for a rip-off price. It's really a rip-off price, but you don't have a choice because that's the only store that will it, give you money for it. Is it unfortunate that the spirituality has to be turned into physicality? No, because that's Hashem's choice. But here comes here, here here comes the thing, and this is what he's going to explain. Since it is a, as I said, cringe-worthy process, and it's like kind of almost hurting to see it happening like it hurts your eyes it hurts your mind to think about it every time is like again like we don't get used to it spiritually speaking but Shamayim in heaven they don't get used to it why because it's something that is so illogical and so ridiculous and so scandalous that every time it's like Again? Yeah, well, he needs to eat too. Oh, okay. Again? It is, in a way, it's it is. Natural. Kind of. It is, okay. it, no, it is, it is, human level. It's a built in scandalous. So everything is like a manifestation. It's a built in scandalous. Okay, fine. And again, and we and we're not even getting close, and we're not even getting close because an antique and an artifact are still on the scale of money. Okay, and here we're talking about things that are of two completely different things. Yeah, it's yeah, and cringeworthy. I don't, yes. I don't get that. Well, that's the pro. No, but I get. You're talking very emotional. Okay. Yeah. You're like feeling like you upset that like something so spiritual and it's, so, yeah. it's just a manifestation. Like everything well, yeah, physical is just a manifestation. Very spiritual. We can't see that the spark of God. Yeah. 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 Y
we can't see what? That spark of godliness. Like everything has a spark of godliness. Yes. It's, it's, but it's not revealed. You can't see it. No. So like that's why we can elevate things. Yeah, but still, for, for the physical objects to have been created, spirituality needed to be grinded down. Right, but everything's like, just a manifestation. And so much was lost in the process. So, so, so much was lost in the process. like, the time, like, Mashiach, when godliness, like, everything else is about godliness, we just can't see it. It's yes. not revealed. So yes. when it, godliness, and you will be able to see, like, wow, this is actually, it's not a table, this is God. Like, godliness will be openly revealed. What's it gonna... Yeah, but it's, it's taking me to another <laughs> concept. It's not the concept of this time. So I, I, I choose first, and then I'll go for you. Yes. Um, I thought the whole concept of Seder Hishtoshu, stuff like the world that comes down, is that nothing is lost. It's just a little bit like you just can't feel it from our perspective. So like, how could you say that like from coming yeah. from up here to down there, like you're losing? It's the same thing. I thought that was what it was saying. I mean, maybe I I was just kind of going ideas. Like I thought it was saying like even though it's so physical. question of perspective so for the moment you what you your your question is rooted in the absolute truth now there is oh do it do it <laughs> no because i'm going to say something that is going to make you scream because existence is subjectively objectively true So, so there is a truth in the way creation lives its existence, but that truth is a subjective truth, but it's a one hundred percent true truth, subjectively speaking. But not, no, no, no. It's a true, objectively true, subjectively, objectively true. Okay, so meaning why? I tell you why. I tell, I, I'm, I'm going to close that parenthesis. Wait, is that the idea that because really when, because if Hashem wants a certain existence to live a certain reality, then that desire of Hashem is reality. So it's an absolute reality for whoever is within that creation, but it's not an absolute absolute reality. So it's yeah, a, and nothing really exists. It's a, it's it's, but you can't say that it doesn't exist because Hashem created it in that way. So since He created it in a certain way, so that wish of His creation, of perception of creation, makes it more than perception, makes it reality, because He wants it to be perceived that way. So that so that becomes reality because God's wish oh, is reality. If Hashem wants me to live, <laughs> say, it, no, it's, no, you can't say that. Yeah, I know, remember. I, I, like I have to answer for Okay, I can so, say it. It's, it, that's why I said it's, it's a difficult, it's a difficult con because, it, you, but, but you'll have that in, in, in more than one minor. Because sometimes, you know what, you know what the two, you know what your, the contradiction that you're putting your finger uh, on? Is what is in Hasidus is a jargon, there's a name for it. Das Elian and Das Tachtoi. 
the knowledge of things as seen from above and the knowledge of things as seen from below. And they actually are alternate realities, factually speaking, but in truth, they are one and the same. Now that is a kind of a, the square of the circle. So I mean, it's like, how, how can you have... Like from above, from above down, it's just, all the same, yes. and then below looking up. Yes, but, but, but the reality of from below is a reality also from above. That's where people who teach Shalit Lemona stop teaching Shalit Lemona saying, no, this uh, becomes too complicated. Like, who goes into who? Like, is it, is it Havaya, which is the Kaya Chaboira, that goes into the reality of existence and disappears into it? This is how this mimer proceeds. So it's from within existence that we talk about the divine. Or is it the other way around, that Adne goes into Havaya? Like, so it depends how you write the Shil of Adne and Havaya. So this both is Das Elin, Das Tachte. This mimer is Das Tachte. That spirituality, it will, spirituality will be will be grinded down to become physical existence. Yes. And that and that was a question that I did not want to answer. You see, the time, no, no, you see the time takes you to, to not answer something? How long it When, if you're saying no, no, he does no, he doesn't cringe because he knows the purpose of, of like Maya said, he knows that the spirituality will the physicality will eventually come back to spirituality. And he also knows that this is Hashem's intention. So he doesn't cringe. But nevertheless, but that's how Hashem created it. There is a tremendous loss of of value, so to speak, from spiritual energy that came out. Uh, just money and whatever human stuff. Yeah. Okay, so according to this, it seems like you're talking about the creation. We are? By dominant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we are. We are. 100%. Like, we, we are. Because here is going to explain. So now let's go back to the text. Because true, it was allotted to the person, but now it has to be translated physically. So the person will have to ask for it, and we'll see why. Yeah, you had a question. There is, there is the notion of di- yeah, getting diluted, there is that, and also there is transformation, actual transformation happening. So it, it, but it is a little bit of both, because it is, spirituality is within physical existence. But it's, again, keep in mind, a spiritual quality of a human being, even if he has developed it to the best that a human being can, would be ash in comparison to how that spiritual quality was as its initial state. That's so depressing. I think yes. that's why I like it. It is. Or oh, belittling. Oh, meaning, or oh, helping us stay humble. That meaning the best that you can be of something in regard, in regard to the initial value of it. It's worthless. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. So the best you can be is... But the question is, the question is, 
what is our purpose? Our purpose is not to be the spiritual quality as its initial state, because that is not accessible. Our purpose is to be the fullest of the weekend. That's what Hashem wants from us. Be the fullest of the worst? Of, of us. No, it's not worse, because it's not bad. Worse, you go with bad. Not bad. Worthless, sorry. No, it's not worthless. It's like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But you see, a, a, kid, a, kid, a kid's painting, a kid's drawing of kindergarten is worthless. And priceless. And priceless. Worth is value that you want to give to something. It's like, who decides worth? So now he's in, oh, I'm talking. So his mind said, no, I'm talking spiritual intensity. Oh, okay, fine. So if you talk spiritual intensity, sure, I get you. You could say the spiritual intensity of something as its source is 100%. And once it's at the here, it's 0.00 and there's one somewhere down the road. Okay? 100%. But, but who says that that's how you establish worth? Interesting. Yeah. That makes sense. So if you would use that burger that you bought for the money from that artifact, yeah. and you smushed it together and then threw it in the bin, that would be very, very sad. Yes. So if you use that spiritual energy, that came into physicality and used it for something stupid, then it would be a shame. But if you use it for something good, hundred percent. Then it would be very. Then, great. then, then, and I, it goes together. And then we have a full loop. Yeah. And it goes full circle. Because then also, and, and then it may, like it goes also with what you said. If it's for saving my life, then what's the point of me having the artifact if anyways I'm dead? Is it like, it goes, like, like right? So. Is it like it goes like it comes from this spirituality and then it comes to physical and then it goes to the spirituality? That's the title. Yes, it goes high. It It does go to high. One second, you had a question, and then I'll take you. Go ahead. Actually, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I never asked your name. Sylvie. Sylvie, nice to meet you. Where are you from? Happy to have you amongst us. Go ahead. So. We're talking about this as like Jews are praying to Hashem for physical needs, but like Hashem creates so many physical like foods per se for like so many nations that aren't You guys decided to league up and ask me all the different questions for you. <laughs> um, okay. That's why I Why I, I jokingly said that this is a tough question because it, it's opening up a whole other topic, which is actually the whole idea of the purpose of creation, the purpose of mankind, and the role of the Jewish nation. Purpose of creation, purpose of mankind, and the role of the Jewish nation, and within Jewish nation, the role of Torah mitzvahs. Simple answer, but it's I'm afraid to give a simple answer because sometimes when you give simple answers, then they, they can be misunderstood. I'm still going to give it, but don't misunderstand. So if it, like, if it's 
If it's not clear, then say, okay, someone, somewhere, somehow, I'm going to have to expand on it. But it's the idea of pyramid. Meaning that eventually things, the same way we understand the pyramid, we understand, we, we can acknowledge the idea of this reverse pyramid, of reverse pyramid of the, of the five dimensions, the five dimension being the four spiritual worlds and our universe. So too, once it comes here, you have the, the opposite effect. That it first comes down to Neshama Sisral, and through Neshama Sisral comes around to Torah Mitzvahs, and through Torah Mitzvahs it comes through the Nefsha Bahamis in Am Yisrael, and through the Nefsha Bahamis in Am Yisrael, it comes through the, the vital energy. It's a grid. We don't understand the full functioning of the grid. We've just been giving facts. It's a grid. That's the reason it does go directly together with the purpose of mankind as a whole, the whole of mankind coming to understand and, 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 and embrace godliness in, in the end of times, in the way it was in the beginning of the creation, and having this idea of a chosen nation, which can, understandably, make people feel uncomfortable in a, in, in a world of equality and, and, and no racism, etc., etc. How does a chosen nation work uh, in, in that kind of a world? But it's really beyond completely beyond this now. But it has this question, yes, you could have things that work. You see, it works without. <laughs> it doesn't work without. Someone else is doing the wit. Is doing the wit. You can say, hey, there, there's a lot of bounty. There's, there's things happening and there's no one praying. And there's things being created anyways. So we're praying for everyone else's creation. It's, like, it's, a, it's a, a pyramid. But you're not, it doesn't mean that you're praying for someone. Meaning there is a certain number of things that it gets the machine, it gets the system working. And then the system trickles, works. It's like a whole grid of power that gets distributed uh, throughout the things. Yeah. I was thinking about your metaphor with the kids painting. That also, like, when I'm watching a kid, if he starts, like, just throwing paint on paper and, like, like draw a squiggle, move the paper, draw a squiggle, I'll say, like, stop, you're wasting, and I'll take it away. But if every one of those squiggles he then wants to give to his mom, even though it's the same quality, then I'm like, I'll give you more paper because this is probably yeah. like, like what we said is priceless. Exactly. So I feel like also what we're saying is like, even if it's tragic, even if it's like on some level a waste of paper for us to be taking all the physicality, like if we're then, if every one of those is like our version of a gift to Hashem. Yeah. And now I'm going to throw in, because we have five minutes left, so just to keep it even more mystical or uh, uh, spooky, or whatever you want to call it. Now I'm going to throw in something else, which is, we humans are present in this universe, in this dimension, and we know our place, and, and we like run the show, so to speak. Right? Um, not always very successfully, but, but we are. Uh, running the show in this in, in, in this universe, at least, at least this planet. Are there humans in other dimensions? I'm talking about aliens. I'm talking about other planets. Meaning, is it the same way that in our dimension, which is the universe, so you have a planet, and over there there is mankind, this humanity, humans, and they like at the top of the chain, we can everything like go through them. They control it. Is that that is there an equivalent to that in upper dimensions? Mm -hmm. And the answer is yes. They are called angels. But they don't have 
They don't have self-control. This is it. They don't have free will. Yeah, so it, it is a tricky part. They don't have free will, but free will, but they do have very, very uh, uh, strict um, guidelines. And you see, for an angel that lives in this alternate, but not imaginary, in other dimension, where spirituality is very much recognized and appreciated, angels... Um, I don't know how to put it, but their view on physicality as such is one of complete... Um, this, this thing? Yeah. Worthless. It's like, really, it's dust. Their view on physicality? Yeah, as, as such. Physicality as in a, a value in itself? Well, they don't have a use for it. It's not only they don't have a use for it. it they see it as being utterly, factually worthless. Even for us? It's, even like they, it's completely worthless. Like, like, literally, there's nothing to do with it. It's like, it's nothing. It's, it's nothing. It's embers of ash. It's, it's, a, it's, it's nothing. So when an angel stands at a certain checkpoint... Yeah, yeah, I chose that unintentionally. And suddenly there is this flux of energy, spiritual energy coming. He's saying, where's this going? Oh, this is going to be created into physicality. Why? Again? Yeah, because it's for so-and-so. Huh? <laughs> Out of the question. Uh-uh. He won't get it. Yeah. He's like, well, why? Because the angel will pull up a file and say, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm questioning this, 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 uh, this transport, this shipment is being halted. Pending verification. Verification of what? Of worthiness. Because why would we translate spirituality into spirit physicality. And the answer is because one, God wants it. Yeah, but God wants it so that he should go, do good. Does he? Does she? So they're going to play. That's still within their court. Play the card of saying, hey, no, don't. Not worth it. Person not worth it. Maybe another example I can give you very quickly. When you go to the airport, you know, you show your passport like 10 times. It, why? I already, why can't you say to the person, I already showed it to the person over there? doesn't work that way, right? Because every person is responsible on one sector where something happens. Border control, security of what you take on the plane, you name it, whatever, okay? Every sector is his own independent kingdom. They don't care that you showed your passport over there. That they let you through, that is their problem. We're not letting you through. But I have my flight. Don't care. Okay? Not my problem. Why? Because we have our criteria. And in our criteria, you don't, uh, you don't, no. Where is the paper? Where is the whatever? Whatever criteria they have in that sector. And saying that someone else let you through is, is irrelevant, right? So same thing, is, imagine the same thing in spirituality. It has to go through so many sectors. And in every sector is a malachim. And every time they have to like stamp off. 
okay, you can go through. But every time, saying, okay, who is this for? And they're not very happy about it. Because it's spirituality going to Gashmis. Why? Again? More Gashmis? For who? Yeah. But the will of God also is that physicality, that spirituality should be turned into physicality for the purpose of the greater good of the divine. So they feel that they're entitled to make the call to halt it. One second, but God wants it to serve for good, not for bad. So there is like, it's like a CEO and a regional manager and then the store manager, where of course, is uh, company guidelines and policies at the end they have to do. But still, they have some... Within the guidelines, they still have the way of making a certain call. That is, yeah, I am following company guidelines of firing you. <laughs> does the CEO agree? He doesn't have to be consulted. That's part of what I get to decide. That's it for today. That's what we have to do. Yeah, I know.